0: Welcome to Leadership Web, a podcast series from the University of Arkansas that exposes listeners to a wide range of perspectives on leadership. Through interviews with current leaders, Leadership Web strives to provide tools for you to either begin building your own or continue improving your existing leadership framework. We believe that there is no one single path to successful leadership, but that we can all learn from each other on our own leadership journeys. Today we are joined by Mr. Troy Alley, Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer of ConReal. His top five values are integrity, confidence, commitment, giving back, and communication.
1: We're joined today with Troy Alley. Troy is the COO and Executive Vice President at Conreal. And Troy is a proud graduate of Electrical Engineering at the University of Arkansas. And Troy also serves on the Advisory Council of the College of Engineering at the University of Arkansas. And and so we're very pleased to have Troy here. Um, Not only has he done well in industry, but has also built Alley Scholars Conference, uh, trying to promote leadership with minority students and showing them potential and opportunities that pretty much Troy's had to discover by hard knocks.
2: When I was first asked about what are the key values that you hold, not just as a business person, but an individual, the first thing that popped to my mind was integrity because of the fact without integrity, it's nothing that you really can achieve out in this world because people would always go back to the fact, can we trust in what you say? And that's not only in business, that's in your personal life, that's all across the board. So when you tell someone that I'm going to do something or uh, I'm committed, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to be honest and, and straightforward about it, even though sometimes you might end up not coming out on the beneficial side, but at the end of the day, it comes back to you three or fourfold. It is one of those types of things that cannot be measured in dollars, but it can be measured in the way that people perceive you to be. You know, The first thing out of person's mind is he's a good guy or he's a good person because they assess it based upon what they consider to be your integrity. What is it that you really about? No matter how blindly it is, it is a, a important thing. But my kids always tell me that one of my strongest attributes, and this might come back to when they were growing up, I used to tell stories to them. And and when it first started off, it was one of these things where, Dad, to tell us a story. And I and I first thought thinking about some of the stories I heard. You know, the typical type of. Uh, uh, children's stories, but my daughter quickly said, yeah, I've heard it. Tell me some stories, some real stories. So I got in this thing of making up stories. And as I made them up, I always noticed that they would come back to a lesson that I was trying to get over to the kids. It reminds me of a story I heard, and actually, I'm not going to steal this story, because it came from a pastor that I heard, but he was saying that what happened was, it was this gentleman that was a contractor. And it kind of hit on me from the standpoint of what we do. And he was kind of on hard times. And, and this guy that had quite a bit of money told him, said, Joe, I tell you what, you're on hard times. You know, will you build me this house? And he says, yeah. He said, don't worry about the cost and whatever it is, you know, you know, I'll take care of you. So the guy said, wow, well, wow. Well, I'm start, start building a house. But he started thinking about it. He said, Well, if I build this house and I get paid, say, $100,000, but if I can build it for 70000 I can put 30000 in my pocket. And he wouldn't even know about it. So he got the cheapest concrete. He got the cheapest lumber. He used to go out and get, you know, old lumber that was buckling and what have you. He got the cheapest painters. And at the end of the day, he finished this house. And his house from the outside looked fantastic. So he told the owner, he says, okay, you know, I finished the house. And he said, oh, man, this looks really good. He said, but you know, I've been thinking, I already have two houses. I don't need another house. So he took the key and gave it back to the guy and said, it's your house. So... All of that time that he thought he was going to make some money, he ended up really having something that was supposedly a benefit to him. But because of his integrity, he ended up not getting what he expected. So it always said, put your best in, be honest with people, and you will get more than what you deserve back out. So I always think that in mind, whenever we do anything, we try to do the things best and not so much trying to get over on people, but to try to do the very best and as a consequence, be truthful about what we do. So I would say that's the main thing you do. No matter what you do in life, if you go back to, I'm gonna do the right thing. And that's what integrity, no matter what the consequence is, I'm gonna do the right thing. No matter what you think you might be able to get Shoved under the table, or something that you might have, something that you might benefit from. If you do the right thing, it will always come back to you, three, four, and sometimes tenfold better.
1: You know, in as you tell that story, Troy, it you have a um, a, a meager confidence to you, and and I know that confidence is one of those values to you, so it's come from something very deep in the way you pull this off we, I, we'd be keenly interested in knowing what's the root of that and I certainly can see how you brought this in and building Conreal and working with clients but it, it, it's a humble meager confidence that I can tell people would want to follow you where did that come from?
2: I always go back to my mother and the reason I go back to my mother is because of the fact she instilled a level of confidence in all of her children. When you felt as though you didn't have what it took in order to be successful or do whatever, she would sit down and explain to you how you can do it. It was like, don't never pull back from what you have the capability of doing. She always still said, you have it in you, okay? And you just need to go ahead and do it. And at her early age, from everything that we got involved in, band, everything that we ever thought that we couldn't do, going to school, getting good grades, you know, what have you, she would always say, this is what you can do. And that's confidence not only perpetuated through her, but the real secret I found about once she said it and you did it, it was like climbing another inch up of a mountain. So now you can always look back down and say, well, at one point in time, I was down there, but I had enough confidence to go to this next level. So as you do that, and as you mm-hmm. are able to progress, you build even more confidence. That confidence also comes from the people around you too. How do they look at you? How do they perceive that what you do is something that, in fact, if they follow that type of path, that they can do things that are right. Inner plus external, I think, confidence is something that, that really is part of what a person is and the way that the environment is. But you never lose confidence in what you can do because all of us have been given a certain amount of talent and a certain amount of grace that we can't achieve anything that we put our minds to if it's given to us to be able to do.
1: It seems like commitment's a big part of that, too. Yeah. And and so how does that all fit? Because I know that's important to you as a
2: value. Yeah, I, I guess the two C's themselves kind of match well, up. Kind of work yeah. together. It, it works up. Yeah. When it was given to me, my confidence, like going to the University of Arkansas, 1965, It wasn't something that I automatically had confidence in doing. But, of course, my mother promoted that. My father blessed off on it, even though he said, you know, don't go up there and spend my money, and then you have to come back. But once you have determined that you can do it, you do have to be able to follow through. And that's the commitment. Once you say, well, I'm committed to doing this, I believe that it has benefit. I believe that it can serve others as well as yourself to be able to do something. That commitment is something that you are able to follow through with. No matter how difficult it is, Mm -hmm. you follow through it. And within business, you have to be committed to do that because it's not only yourself, but it's the people around them. Every employee or uh, every partner that we have in the company, they are looking for when you say we're going to get X number of dollars of business or we're going to do such thing. That commitment is the fact that not only you say it, but you follow up in doing it. What did they said, a the rubber meets the road type of scenario. You gotta, be able to show to them that whatever you say that you're going to do, that you commit. And then as a consequence, they are totally with you. But if you kind of doing a lot, of, it doesn't say that you can't adjust whatever you, what you want to do, but they can tell automatically if you are totally in. You're totally in on the game to do it or that you just kind of Around the fringes, and you just kind of saying these things, but you're not totally in. And we, many nights we sat here on proposals and stuff that, oh boy, people were saying, I I don't know. But again, we sit back and say, we know we can do it. And we're competent and committed to doing it. And then once we get it done, and then we get the, I guess, the real uh, energy of saying we finished it. And of course, Having given a win does show that with the confidence and the commitment, you can win. I say that that is a very important thing in, here again, business and personal life go hand in hand. If I went through this and if I was saying the same thing, I wouldn't have to refer it to just business. I could refer it to my personal life. My wife would have, she didn't think I had integrity, she would be with me. If she didn't think I had enough confidence, same thing. And of course, if she believed that I had a commitment to what we were going to do, both with us personally and our children, she would said, What is it that you're trying to teach the kids? You know, what is it that you're really trying to convey if you don't have a commitment to start off? I know when Chris was, uh, Looking at going to grad school, she started writing the, the letters and stuff. And I think halfway through, she started thinking, she said, how am I going to get into Yale? You know, I went to UTA, and this is Ivy League and all that. And i never forget you know, sat down and said, Chris, you're halfway through. You don't stop in the middle of something. Either you go ahead and you finish it, or don't start it course they kept on doing it and she submitted and she they accepted on the program and she she just was like like wow I didn't know it and, and you just kept on saying you commit to something and you put everything you can into it. doesn't mean every time you're going to get it but you know that you like the guy said we left everything out on the field
1: I mean boy I like that analogy the personal life I bet there are times that you and Gerald sat here at night saying, okay, we're we're kind of on our knees here, and we got to be committed to it, right?
2: Oh, there's no question. It's, it's, you know, through the early days, through the early days of our business, it was myself and Gerald and a part-time secretary. That was it. That was it. That was was it. And it was to the point where we would go to the office, we had— little contract, it was nothing big, it was enough for us to stay in the same house together and buy food, and, and that was pretty much it, you know. Our entertainment budget was pretty <laughs> much like that. And for both of us, it was a transition. He had left a position at a company that he was the vice president in and doing construction. I left being a senior engineer, doing design. So when you're here, and financially, it goes down to here. You start having some trepidation. You say, wow, man, you know, I'm making one-tenth of what I used to make. And the horizons don't look a whole lot better, but you just said, well, I need to do it. But as you progress through that process, you learn that as things progress, things get better. After five years, I'll never forget, and this is where I was saying the commitment is really kind of funny, is that it was snowing like all oh, get out here. And we had a little office over here in Arlington. That time we were able to get a full time secretary. We've been in business five years, got a full time. We thought we were oh man, we just there. It was snowing and it had been snowing. I think it was about ten inches on the ground. And by that time, both of us had separate residents, you know. So, Gerald called me up and said, man, it's snowing. And they said they're closing down all the roads and stuff. And I said, what do you think? I said, well, I don't know. He said, I never forget the secretary's name was Susan. He said, you think we need to call Susan and tell her, said, don't worry about the day, it's so bad, the snow is so bad, we just stay at home. So we had a home phone call and get an answer. And then, just by chance, now I'll tell you how this is different. By chance, we called the office at 8 o'clock. Susan answered, "Come real What the heck? And she said, yeah, she said, uh, she said, yeah, uh, Troy, you got a call from XYZ and da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> and I said, yeah. And she said, uh, What time you going to be here? I said, I'm on my way. (laughs) And the the deal was, and and it was a lesson in someone being committed. I mean, she didn't have to come there. She could have easily called us both and said, you know, it's just too bad. And and what made it even worse? She lived further away than we did. (laughs) And we said, man, that's commitment. That's commitment. And when we got there, you know, she did her work and da da da, and we sent it. And after she left, we said, "Man, we learned a lesson today, and we learned a lesson from one of our employees." Okay, and that was really key because we were supposed to be the boss, and we get an point. And but it changed the whole perspective of the way that you look at. It. It's not an. It's a people thing. That's just like my dad, I might have told you the story where we were out and it was snowing in Pine Bluff, same thing. I don't know these snow stories, get to me here, but but it was snowing. It was just me and him, okay? On that day, it was nothing flying. I pumped maybe 10 gallons of gas. And at that time, it was 29 cents a gallon, right? So it didn't pay for either me or the lights or anything being on Looked at the cash register, you know, we had about $15 in there. And it was like 3 o'clock, and I'm just saying, Dad, you know, ain't nothing happened, why don't we just go ahead and cash in? He said, no, we open until 7 o'clock. I, said, I need to go home look at TV or do something. At 5.35, we get a call from this lady. She says, "My car is stuck outside of my garage. Uh, can you all come and move it?" And now I'm saying, "Okay, it's snowing. What are you doing?" You know, and quite candidly, her house was here. The car was outside of the garage, maybe ten feet. You know, where you didn't pull it all the way in the garage the night before. She didn't pull it in the garage, right? Okay. And she, she was basically said, "Well, I can't get it started." And I'm saying, Dad, you know, she ain't going nowhere. It's snow every place. All the roads are shut down." He said, "Get the truck and get one of those booster batteries and cable." I'm saying, "What are you doing?" I'm thinking, "This is, this is crazy." We get in the truck, we get stuck, right? Get out of the truck. We're carrying, they used to have these little battery things that that hook on each post and you carry them with your hand. So we're walking in in the snow, 12 inches of snow, up to her house. She was about a block away, a block and a half away. And I'm walking, I said, this is crazy. We get out there, right? Right behind her car. We knock on the door and she gives him the key. We get out there, yeah, 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 yeah. Finally boost it off. Now... By this time, it's dark, I'm cold, my feet are wet. And she said, can you pull it into the garage? You pull the car in the garage, right? And we walked back, get in the truck. A truck was stuck on the side of the road because we went into the ditch. Go back. And I, I asked him, Dad, why did we do that? And to my surprise, she just said, I said I was going to do it. That's the way I work. That's my com-. He didn't say commitment, but he said, that's my customer. Now, what even made it worse is back in that time, they didn't have credit cards, right? We put it on a charge book. Okay, She paid every month. And that following month, we did that. She didn't even pay for the whole charge that we went out there. And I was saying, what, what is this all about? But the reality is that's the way he looked at it. And I think Joe and I used to laugh at some man, we know, not going have charge books. We're going to get our money. <laughs> but it, it was his commitment. And that's the way he ran his business for 50 years. And so at the end of the day, we learn about commitment in a way that you can only learn by people around you, not what you just say, but people around you and the way that they do and the way that they act is where they are committed to doing something, irregardless of the fact that it might not, in your mind, seem to be the best, but in their minds, that's part of what is a part of them. You know, all of us got those ingrained things that we think that's a part of us that's important. And you want people to recognize it. your children, your friends, your associates, your business partners. That's, you know, when they know you're committed, they know they don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go back and say, well, I we tell you, you say, well, I'm going to go ahead and get that done. I've had people, come, some of the subcontractors said, well, I'm worried as heck that you're gonna have that finished because they're gonna open tomorrow. Don't worry about it. Now it's 10 o'clock at night. So he got a crew of seven guys out there. Now they working at one o'clock in the morning, but we know that he was committed. And then at morning, he finished it and was ready to be open. But I think that's a key thing for here again, personal as well as business.
1: That's outstanding. I mean, you know, you you talked about integrity um, Confidence, commitment. Didn't you say your fourth value, and I think this is like closing the loop somehow, and, and giving back. In the last five and a half years, I've seen you give back. But I don't steal your thunder. Maybe you can talk about giving back and give some examples, Troy.
2: I think one of the things I got to give credit to my wife is that as you progress in life, you can go this way or you can go this way and there are a lot of influences and many times one of the biggest influences is financial you know she came from a family and a religion and she at an early age read the Bible intensely and one of the key elements that she had was uh, the 10% that you go in tithing so I mean I was a church guy you know but I depended on my parents to tie and my mother would give me some money and say put it in the collection but, but you know I wasn't really into that and when I worked at my father's service station and as a consequence I might have made five or ten dollars I never really thought about giving 50 cents back to the church but in her mind tithing was a key thing because she felt as though when you give you're going to receive you might not receive it today you might not receive it tomorrow but you can't lose giving. and the important thing also that she would always say is that why should you be reserved or stingy in your giving when something was given to you so As I grew and progressed, not only in our marriage, but just in time, I realized how firmly she was embedded in that. And she would always look and say, okay, at the end of the day, what kind of money did you make this year? Or what kind of money did you make this month? And what? And and she calculated out. She said, hey, you're not gonna short the church, you're not gonna short these people in giving. And quite candidly, we get so much material from every type of institution, organization of giving. She has a stack of stuff like that. And even if it's given ten dollars, she gives. I mean, we get I mean, some of the ones I said. Eunice, yes, I never heard of these people. She said, That's all right. They 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 look like they need it. church ministry for for television, radio. I mean, was, she said, Well, you know, um pastors such and such, they're struggling and stuff over there. And can we give them something? I said, Okay, Eunice. Yes. I learned early on. Don't worry about what she is spending on giving. Just let her be the I guess the gatekeeper on what she can give and how she looks and I I said that she does it previously but she has a meaning behind it. One of the key things that I even presented when I was blessed enough to get in the uh, Hall of Fame where she called me out one day. The story was basically we go down the street and there was we stopped at an intersection, and it was a person out there with a sign saying, "You know, I'm fool, I'm poorish, I need something." Occasionally, I would give something. Learn one thing: don't stop at an intersection with somebody needing something with unis in the car. So, so I stopped knowing that I am gonna give, but I didn't know what I was gonna give in terms of quantity. So I looked at my wallet I said, you know, I stopped. I knew it was going to be something, you know. And I reached and I looked at my wallet. I said, didn't have any ones. I started off with ones. You know, so the guy about $2 bills and stuff. Didn't have any fives. I had gone to the bank and I had, unfortunately, had gotten only what I call big bills, right? <laughs> and and I was looking I was saying, i look even to my, what I call my little safety valve area in my water. When I run out of everything, I got a, you know, $10 bill. And we sat there, longest light I ever sat Because <laughs> if the light had changed, I would have had the justification. Oh, oh, we got to go somebody behind me blowing a horn. That light sat there. <laughs> and I guess it was God. <laughs> because we sat there and Eunice said, what's the problem? <laughs> ah, long life, right? <laughs> her, her issue was, what is your hesitancy? And I couldn't tell her, said, well, I only got big bills. I ain't going to get this guy a big bill. I don't have any ones. And I ended up giving the guy a whole lot bigger donation than I expected to. I mean, never in my life. I don't think I've ever given a guy on the corner that, and in fact, it was so big the guy just like, "Whoa, do you really mean to do this?" It was like he was shocked, (laughs) and and by the time I gave it to him, and he said that the light changed, right? (laughs) And and Eunice was saying, it was kind of like a look in somebody's face, like, "How is it that you would be so apprehensive?" in giving something that you were blessed to get. You know, it was like, you know, that's why she said, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. You know, why is it that you are are holding back? Because you could be that same guy sitting on that corner, right? And, and as a consequence, it changed my whole philosophy about giving. Okay, because I realized that part of the deal is I have gotten far more than I have given. Yeah. Far more, far more. I mean, situations where opportunities that we had never figured that we are going to have. I had a guy that called me. You know, I got these properties down in, uh, in Austin. I got some over here. He said, uh, I want you to handle them for me. And these were major properties. These were properties from a major insurance company that, Even a company of our size wouldn't have the opportunity to do. And I said, "Well, I said, Frank, how much should I charge?" He said, "Charge what you think." And I wrote down something. I called. I was so nervous about it because it was so big. I said, "Well, what if I?" He said, "No, charge what you want." He said, "Whatever you think is fair." Just call him up and tell me. He said, "Go ahead and do it." And what I'm saying is that those opportunities have to be blessings that have come back to you because you, in some small part, have given to somebody, you know. And that's why I tell you, if I say, give whatever. Give the way that you feel is right. Because I know eventually that I'm going we're gonna reap the benefit. And it might not be monetary, it might be other ways of just blessings that people give you for family, friend, or whatever, you know, because a lot of blessings don't come directly to you. They might come through your children, through your relatives, through your business, or just personal relationships. You really don't know where things come from. My kids got opportunities to do different things. So to give back, I would put it right up there with integrity because those two things, people never forget.
0: And I think that's amazing when you're talking about giving the the financial resources. But when I look at some of the things you do for your community as well, you not only give the financial resources, but you give your time. Which, you know, some could argue is just as, if not more valuable. You're,
2: you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I'm, I'm glad you hit on that. You know, the most valuable thing is, in fact, what you say is your time. Because you can, you can replace the money, but we only have a certain amount of time and we can't replace
0: it. But
2: where you give it is where it's going to have the most benefit.
0: Sitting here and listening to you talk about this, I love how you're you're mixing professional and personal because they they are intertwined oh, so much. Close. And and your stories just are are strong testaments to the four values that you've covered so far: the integrity, the confidence, commitment, and giving back. And bringing it in full circle, your fifth value is communication. Oh, yeah, and so yeah,
2: that's and I think that is it is a key. One of the things. That you learn, and I guess all of these are life's learning issues through both personal and business. If you don't communicate, and I mean what I said, really communicate. That means not just talking, but communicate. You know, that means when somebody has an issue, you listen. That's the key deal, and that's 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 so key in business because you can come in and have perception about something. And you're not listening. You're not really communicating. Only thing you have in your mind, no, this is what's gonna be. You know, it's no real dialogue. And if you're not listening, you don't have a chance to kind of see what the other person has on their mind. Like they always said, to be able to negotiate, you gotta be able to listen. Because one thing that you might think is, is a problem that a person has might be totally something different might be totally they might have something else in their minds as the real ticklers. So my wife and the communication stuff, my myself with my brothers and other relatives, I find it so important because when you start talking, and everybody has conflicts. Everybody don't see the same thing the same way. But if you listen, you can kind of see where the person comes from. And especially based upon no matter how you grow up, everybody grows up a little bit different. You know, your your parents have influence. The people that you're around have influence. Your community has influence and everything that you learn in between. Your buddies have influence, okay? But as we go through life, if we can learn to really and listen to people and a lot of times it's hard it's hard because you you feel as though you don't have the real time to listen because you know what's best. why are you going to sit and listen when you know more about the, the, the situation in your mind than somebody else and a person just wants to know that you listen to them and quite candidly in personal life, the same thing. You come in you thinking, well, what is such and such and such? And then that person might want to say, I just want to let you know, I had a hard day. This did, this, this did. You don't want to hear that. You want to do something else. I'm not getting into family <laughs> therapy, but I'm just saying, this is the reality of where you, where you are. That's all a part of that, that whole, you know, circling back and around. How do you get people to really understand what your issues are, how do you listen and how do you really communicate? How do you really get your message across and understand that? So, yeah,
1: years ago I wrote a book called Just Listen. That's a good book because it's about using empathy. Sometimes just stop and listen, and maybe they don't even tell you exactly what they're saying. That's right, you know, but you read between the lines. That's, that's, so, that's
2: exactly the case. I think once. If you take those types of, and I'm not saying those are not the only core values, but those are the things that for me, and I try to take it and blend it between personal and business, because when I get home, she don't want to necessarily, she will listen to my business and give some good input, but when I get home, it should be about personal. It should be about... so. When they tell you balance, you know, in your life, I know a lot of times it's hard to do it, especially if you got something, you leave the office and you say, man, if I don't get this done by such and such, we up the creek and you bring it home and you be thinking of stuff and she might just want to look at a movie. You know, I'll look at one of the big movies, but sometimes, you know, this this movie is what you need to listen to to at least get in her world or vice versa. When she says that, you know, I'm having a struggle with this, you say, "That's, that's, that's small potatoes. Do you realize what I'm dealing with? You know, I got this problem with those lights on the outside of the house and I can't get the electrician to come. And it's just so frustrating. And I'm married to an electrical engineer. That's right. That's exactly right. That's right. That's right. She said, why don't you go out there and get those things fixed? I said, man, I don't deal with that. That's not what I do. Uh,
1: Well, Troy, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. This has been so enlightening and understanding, you know, where you come from.
2: And let me close with this, and I know that I'm probably repeating this in one sense. Whoever listens to this, and there are a lot of different things that you can hold as a part of your deal, uh, honesty and a lot of things, uh, uh, ethics and what have you. But I honestly and truly believe if you abide by these things, you don't necessarily have to be financially the best person because at the end of the day, most of the time, people are not going to remember you about your financial they're going to remember you about yourself. You don't. It's a lot of, quote, wealthy people that have left this world, but the people that people tend to remember is about you and what you have done to not just improve yourself, but to improve the livelihoods of other people in the world. If you can't do that, if you can't say that you came here and you really did something for somebody else, it's almost like you wasted your time because he put you here to not to promote yourself but to provide something that will be meaningful to improve the whole world
0: thank you for joining leadership web today we hope that you found insight and guidance on leadership tools from this interview please join leadership web in two weeks as we explore another leader's leadership journey also Follow us on Instagram or LinkedIn by searching Leadership Web.